I'm just going to go out yeah, for a little, yeah. like... The wild card. Fuck you, Commander. I'm going to go take the submersible out and, like, go collect some rocks for my wife. Yeah, he's really, like, a Russian spy. Like, yeah, he but he's, wild like, card. A di- he's a dick, you know? And he's, yeah. like, he, like, hits, like, the woman, like, in the scene before. So you're, like, oh, he's a so dick. Like, Fuck this dude. Go die. Fuck this dude. So he goes out in the submersible and it's, like... And he, and, yeah, and he dies, but he wakes the monster up. And he gets up. slurped by the... But he wakes it up. But he wakes it up. You're listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. Can't wait for this episode. Big episode coming up. Tons of content. So much packed content. episode. Just content. We are here in the reactor. So we, we pump out the content. We are here in the reactor. It smells better than usual, but I did leave the bathroom door open. Adam. Good to start off with some bathroom talk. Good to start off the episode with some bathroom talk. That's what the people like. I'm Adam. Grab side that is Noah. That other voice. This is the voice of Adam. The better voice is me. The better voice is me, Noah. People complain they can't tell our voices apart, so now you know. We've labeled this voice. No, now Adam. and now since we talked over each other, it's like who is who. Hey, gripe suggestion. Yeah, I got. I'm Noah. I got a gripe. What's your gripe? Okay, so I actually had two. I was thinking about, but this one is really the one that is blowing my mind. So there is this thing. It's a Slack-like chat app. Have you ever heard of it? It's called Discord. You mentioned you may have it. Heard wait, of it? Wait, you've mentioned this to me. It is Slack. What is it? it is Slack like. It's basically like they took Slack and they gave it, pumped it full of steroids, and it was. It started off as being this thing for gamers, and it, it the UI like the interface looks like Slack, but it is so outrageously like. Um, what's the generation below us? Is it Z? Z, right? I always forget the. It's so outrageously like them that. I feel old using it. It's the first thing where I've been like, I need like, can someone tell the old man what to do here? I so you, I joined like yesterday. I joined the Chelsea FC like Discord channel, which is it's basically like Slack, but it's easier to get into. Okay, so it's, so it's, it's not like it's a Slack, team, not for private groups. Not basically. private groups. You can get into it, but I couldn't figure out how to become like a member of the channel. You have to like, you have to like click these buttons or like say something in the room, and I couldn't figure it out mm-hmm. until someone told me what to do. To click this little button. So basically just like, it's so, and then there's like, it's like Reddit, but it's like Reddit in real time. So it's obviously, if there wasn't enough addicting things online, now there's this thing called Discord, which could just eat up all your time. And but, there's just like all these chat, there's like 5,000 people online, all talking about Chelsea and these different channels. I was like, oh my God, this is like crack, crack for me. So now I have another thing to distract me. Talk about things Discord, that I don't Discord. know. Talk about things I don't know how people use. Do you remember when I was doing the research for this? Yeah. For the for this episode, I got an ad for Eve Online, which is like this space game mm-hmm. that I then sent to you because the ad was unbelievably sick. Yeah. Yeah. There's a space game out there that people can basically spend their entire lives playing. Right. I yeah. then watched YouTube videos of like this dude like going on like this mission. Yeah, it seems incredibly complex. Like a second like job. It, yeah. Like it's it, job number two. It takes them weeks to build their first ship and then they get out there and like they go to different places of space, virtual space the, and stuff. But the comment, the comments are like some dude was like, I spent 48 hours of playtime to build my ship and now I'm terrified to like leave the dock, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause like it can disappear. Digestion. Yeah. Yours. Um, not good. Not good today. Um, so what happens? My protocol basically when it's not good is that number one, 
I will have acai. If that doesn't work, then I will do a blueberry smoothie. And if that doesn't work, I have synthetic fiber that I need to take. So that's DEFCOM, DEFCOM 3. Um, now we're at, uh, is it DEFCOM? Def, we're just at okay, DEFCON. 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 DEFCOM. DEFCOM. We're now we are at level, we're at level two. So I've, I've drinking the smoothie this morning and things haven't gotten any better. Okay. You wait, you drink a smoothie this morning and it didn't release anything. No, that's the first line of defense. The blueberry smoothie. Okay. If the blueberry smoothie doesn't do anything. All right. Then I go to the acai. And then if that doesn't do anything, then I go to the synthetic fiber. And you're drinking caffeine now and you still have not gone. Uh, no, no, no. Last night I had a lot of, a lot of stomach issues last night. And uh, drank the smoothie this morning, and yeah, so I'm going to go to level two pretty soon. I'll be going to acai pretty soon. How about you? How is your gripes and digestions? Yeah, so my gripes, okay, and we're just going to do a segment now touching on... I'm, we're just doing more and more... We just got dirty chives from the coffee shop. Right. We're do, we are doing more and more ridiculous things in the coffee shop to get them to like... I just want, I want to see if we can make them smile or okay. do something besides the hipster facade that they have on their faces okay whenever we go in so we went into the coffee shop about 10 minutes ago and <laughs> and adam said some shit to me and then i need him in the balls in the middle of the coffee shop yep and there was Classic no laugh shop. and there was no laughing we're the only ones in the coffee shop just standing in line and there's there's no smile or laugh no you're anything. not smile it's a serious place i feel like beans. at some point we're gonna need to like go in naked and just start jumping up and down we could we could do that yeah, so that's that's my right. What is it going to take for them to be like, oh, that was funny, right? Like Rob, you know, Rob, supposedly Rob Williams had this thing where like if people didn't laugh, like he like freaked him out. He yeah. like he had an obsession with making people like laugh. Oh, really? Well, uh, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rest in peace. R.I.P. But yeah. like, I, I feel like when when someone needs someone else in the balls. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, you should laugh. It was funny in line. Yeah. No laugh. No no, no laugh. And just, just depressing. Just listening to radio. Hipster, just hip, listening to radio. Hipster facade on their face um, and just depressing music. Yeah. Di- digestion. Okay. 12 o'clock. I, this is the first time I've had coffee because now I'm at, you know, the arousal is going down for the morning. Yeah. I was at a high arousal. Uh-huh. Okay. Shout out caffeine episode. Um, You said I, I had to go to the bathroom. We were ready to record and I had to run and go. You said we had to record. So I ran and went fast. And so it looked, it honestly looked like a, uh, a giant siphonophore. What my dump looks like, which we're going to get to, we're going to get to it. What a giant Savannah for looks like. Okay. So we'll touch back on the dump. Okay. So the wow. dump is you, really going to be a theme for the I episode. I like to keep it up above the bathroom a little bit, but you went down into the bathroom talk. Right. Down. Right. We like to keep it like classy bathroom. Yeah. But I just wow. like, but I, what I, what I realized deep. when I took the dump is that it looks like a giant Savannah for Noah, I have a game for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question for you. How yeah. deep is the deepest part of the ocean? Seven miles, about thirty-five thousand feet, a little yep. over thirty-five thousand feet. Okay, uh, where is it? <laughs> yes. Where is it? And what is it? The uh, Marianas Trench, and it's called the uh, the Challenger Deep. Yes, exactly. It's exactly what it is. Just put it into perspective. That is deeper than Mount Everest is tall, below the surface of the water, which is where planes fly. Right. So if yeah, and it is also deeper than where planes fly. So if you took the ground to the plane and just took the seafloor and used that and dug your hole as high as planes fly underneath the ground of the ocean, you would still not be deep enough. It's 36,200 feet. Mariana's Trench, like you were saying, the Challenger Deep Trench specifically. Yep. Yeah. James Cameron has been there. Yes. Isn't that crazy? That, I, I, it's actually really confusing. The director. 
Yeah, it's it's confusing. It's confuddling because you're like, was that like a tourist trip or? But not even in like he a tourist act. No, he is the guy. Artistically, he needed to, to see the abyss. Wait, but like you know? he didn't. It's confusing because you're like, oh, did he go on a voyage? But no, he he actually like pushed the research. That was his thing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Can I add to that actually? Sure. Yeah. Uh, f- for furthermore, I was gonna save this, but <laughs> the, listen how crazy this is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first people to to get to the Challenger Deep, which was seven miles down, mm-hmm. were Jacques Cousteau. Fuck yeah. And his Navy submarine engineer friend. Okay. When and they they got there in nineteen fifty three. And the ship that it looks like a like a metal tube tank. The most terrifying thing ever to get to the bottom. They said when they got to the bottom they could they could really couldn't see anything. But they did it. Wait, Jacusto and his friend? Listen yeah, listen how crazy this is. Jacusto and his friend in nineteen fifty three, they got to the bottom of the ocean, okay? Oh my god. They, oh, they got to the in the Challenger Deep. They got to the Challenger Deep in nineteen fifty three. Okay. Here's what's crazy. Yep. It wasn't until 2012, James Cameron, that someone went back down there. <laughs> Holy shit. So it took, if, I, if my math is wrong, to someone, it took 69 years from when Jock Big Balls Cousteau <laughs> went down to the bottom in like with no technology, basically, yeah. for someone <laughs> in modern days. 69 years until someone went back down there. What kind of submersible, that crazy? What kind of submersible did Jock Big One Cousteau go down in? A literal metal box tank. There's a picture of him and the U.S. The U.S. Navy engineer in there together. Yeah, they're basically like hugging each other in this metal cylinder. How did they get back up? It said it took. Uh, it said it took them like five hours to get down and back up. So they were down at the bottom for thirty minutes, but when they hit the bottom, they released so much, uh, so much sediment yep. that they couldn't see anything anyway. Was it just a window? It was. Yeah, it was, it was like one window. Instead of like a research vessel, it was basically like, can we do it? And they Wait, fucking did it like, in 1953 with nothing. And it took 69 more years for someone to go back down there. Were they like on a string or something? That's a good question. With the oxygen being popped in, I'm sure they were at that time. How did they get pulled back up in 1959? Great question. Holy shit. Jock Big Dick. I mean, people... Jock I, Big Dick was dope. When you, I was researching the submarines. Oh, God, I love a submarine. I'm obsessed with the submarines. It's just that people back then... They're just made of harder stuff. I mean, the submarines are made of harder stuff, but they just were. They're so much harder people. Yeah. Try to get try to get a millennial to go down to the bottom of the ocean in a submarine. It took sixty nine um, years for someone to have the balls that Jacques Cousteau did, <laughs> and then they had like an actual technology by twenty twelve. You know. Yeah. God, it's hard to make balls like that. It's you, a, know? you don't make balls like that anymore. <laughs> you know I mean? Big one Cousteau. Jacques, big big one Cousteau. Okay. Well, that brings us to our topic. No, what's our topic? We kind of gave it away, but absolutely. Topic is, guys, mysteries of the deep. You, Yeah, we did it. Okay. We finally did there, it. I feel like there's two rites of passage for any science or nature podcast. Okay. One is you have to do a climate change episode at some point. Yeah. Okay. And the other one is that you have to do a mysteries of the deep episode. Yeah, absolutely. Adam. I'm ready. You ready for beginnings that don't suck? I am. Okay. Three... Two, one. The ocean, Noah, is on average 2.3 miles deep. It's pretty deep when you think about it. So there's obviously a lot of places for stuff to hide. Strange stuff. Stuff we might not even want to find. Also, to our highest estimates, we've only explored 15% of the ocean's floor, according to NOAA, not you, National Oceanic 
and atmospheric, and I didn't write down the acronym. So there's a lot of space where mysteries can hide. Speaking of space and mysteries, Discovery Channel and History Channel have a lot of space to fill up on their 24-hour schedule. So (laughs) So they frequently run mysteries of the deep type series. And we are no better than the Discovery Channel, Noah. So here today is our version of Mysteries of the Deep, slash Deep Sea Detectives, slash Histories Mysteries, slash The Unexplained, slash Real Life X-Files, actual uh, names of shows. Fuck yes. The theme of today's episode. Guys, our, th- our theme for today, why of course? Yeah. So many more mysteries left to explore. Yeah. That's our theme. Cool. We found some mysteries. But there so are many. so many more left to explore of the, of the ocean deep. 85% of the ocean floor to explore. So many more mysteries down there. Yeah, so many more mysteries. History's mysteries. Adam, start us off. Okay, so we're gonna start off with a we're gonna start off with a uh, a base hit, maybe even a bunt. Actually, don't start. Yeah, start with the bunt. bunt. Get a runner on, then we'll do a home run. We're gonna work up to the big big daddies. Work up to the daddies. We're gonna work on Jock. We're gonna work up to Jock. Jock, Big big Dick Cousteau. Jock, known in the French Navy as Big One. (laughs) Jock is the big one. I mean, really though. Yeah. No, I mean really. It's. Okay, so it's the supposedly his balls sunk the submarine down to the <laughs> bottom of the marine's trench. I'm just saying that's how he ballasted down. Oh my god, Jesus. Okay, so the jacuzzi of death is the first one. Okay, <laughs> semen for jacuzzi. <laughs> Holy shit! What a fucking guy. What a, Honestly, ninety fifty three, sixty nine more years. Sixty nine more years till anyone, till anyone thought that they would guys, go down that deep. Don't worry, I'll go down to the bottom of this trench in just a metal box. With hugging, hugging my friend, hugging my, my friend. hugging my friend together for like ten hours. <laughs> All right, you go. Oh Jesus. Okay, the location of the jacuzzi of death, and what is it? It is underneath the Gulf of Mexico, three thousand three hundred feet below. It is four meters deep and it's a hundred feet wide. So it's this. Uh, it looks like a little bathtub. On the side are a bunch of muscles that's kind of holding the wall together. And in the middle is this very salty bath. So it's really warm, 65 degrees, and it lures organisms into it where they become pickled and preserved by the high amounts of salt. So if you look at it, there's lots of dead spider crabs in it. Like they're on their backs with their feet laying up and they're pickled, preserved um, in this kind of salty bath. Scientists are they're studying the bacteria in this jacuzzi for clues on alien life forms on other planets, specifically like Venus. It's pretty cool look- looking. And uh, that's the jacuzzi of death. I said it was a bunt, so on to you. Thank God it's my turn. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna take us to at least a double, maybe a, maybe a triple. Okay. The jacuzzi of death is cool because it shows that water is layered. By the way, I think that's the coolest thing is that wa- you know water is not water. Oh, there's there's like a, it's like a lake, like the jacuzzi of death. What you're describing, it looks like a lake inside of a inside of water. Right, and that's why it's really bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take us to a double or a triple at least. Okay. Adam, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna start us off with this. What do you know about the Bermuda Triangle? Uh, I know that lots of things get lost there. Okay. Right? Do you have you heard of any of the reasons why? I'm just curious uh, off the bad, top of your head. Bad weather. Okay. Right. Like uh, e- even some of the most outlandish things. Bad weather, strong currents. Okay. Aliens. Yep, definitely all those. Um. Jocks, jocks, balls being such a center of gravity. Right, pulling things, electromagnetic force. Yep. Okay, starting in 1945. Okay, five American bombers took off from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Adam, in yeah. moderate conditions with high waves. Uh huh. The five pilots were inexperienced in what would be one of their first flights. They're practicing bombing runs out, out and back to the Bahamas. Not exactly Top Gun. Okay, not exactly Top Gun guys. Not exactly perfect conditions, but everything should have been fine. Okay. 
okay, in the middle of the flight, the captain radios back to say that his compass is going bananas. Oh, shit. Uh, it's going all over the place. Oh, God. And that's the last they heard of him. What? About uh, five bombers? Yep. That left from Fort Lauderdale. Yep. Left Fort La- Lauderdale on a bombing run to the Bahamas. Okay. Okay. And that is the last they saw of him. And therein begins. It was, the, must have been a training flight, right? There there in, yeah, it was, it was a training bombs. flight. Therein okay. begins the legend of, of the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. Okay. Since, since then, there have been 13 other incidents of just aircraft have been, have been recorded, and one as recently as 2017 being a private aircraft. Okay? By sea, the Bermuda Triangle incidents, incidents have been documented as early as the 1800s, actually, with 15 incidents by boat, including one in... What did I do with... Oh, yeah. One in 1919 that had a 306 fatalities. What? Wait, yeah, it was it like was a, a crew... It was not like a cruise liner, but 306 people died on this big ship that disappeared there. Oh, so you're doing the... Oh, my God. Wait, so have they found any of, any of these uh, remnants? Thir- there's 13 events. Right. So not that's one of the them, things about the Bermuda Triangle is that it's extremely deep. Not all of them are military. Not all... No, not, no, no, no. Not all of them are military. Some are military, okay. some are not. Okay. Uh, and it actually stretches back to the 1800s. There's records of ships disappearing here. Holy shit. Okay. Tell me more. Tell actually, me more. way more fatalities than I thought. Ugh. The estimated fatalities of the Bermuda Triangle is 924. Holy shit. Yeah, way, way more money way to, more shit's money gone down here than, my I, bank account. than I thought. So, yeah, that begs the question, Adam. Yep. What the fuck is going on here? God. Okay, why are all these ships disappearing? Why are these aircrafts disappearing? Bermuda Triangle, right, between, I mean... Florida, Bahamas, and then the left side, like uh, Mexico. Good question. Yeah. So um, if you just look at, let's take Florida on the left. Okay. Then we then we go up. Then we go up to the Bahamas. I'm drawing a triangle with my hands, by the way. Bahama mama. Put Florida on your left. Draw one, draw one of the slopes up to the Bahamas. Yeah. Okay. Go straight down to the Dominican Republic slash Cuba area. And then go back down back to Florida. Okay. Okay. Bermuda Triangle. 900, huh? There are speculations. Yeah, 900. There are speculations all across the internet, as I'm sure you imagine. Okay, there's speculations that there's rogue 1,000-foot waves there. What? How? Speculations that I'm, there's air-bursting bomb clouds there. Holy shit. Speculations that there's methane gas explosions. Okay. And uh, methane gas explosions are actually a thing, okay? But the methane gas explosions that people reference trying to say that they're the Bermuda Triangle mm-hmm. actually are... Gas explosions coming off of that were found off of Norway from natural gas. So not even close. Okay. Good job not uh, going to the toilet there. For yeah. The, for the joke. Keep going. Oh, I see. Yeah. Now you see it. I know. Keep there's going. been a lot of doo doo talk already. Yep. I think no, we're, good. we're good. And I'm going to get back to the giant Safana 4 anyway. Yep. Um, and, and of course, alien abduction. Okay. So the things, it, it ranges from, from everywhere. The most reasonable explanation that I found from reputable sources. Okay. Seem to be the below. This is this is probably what's happening there. Okay, the shipping lane encompassed by the Bermuda Triangle is one of the most highly trafficked shipping lanes in the world. Okay, and interestingly enough, statistically, no more disappearances happen in this shipping lane ship, shipping lane than any other heavily trafficked shipping shipping zone of the world. What percentage wise? Yes, just because it's so heavy. It's so heavily trafficked that there's just a ton of fatalities here. The Bermuda Triangle actually comes like the I'm doing air quotes in my hands. The Bermuda Triangle. Some like some uh, publicist in a, in like a newspaper just like wanted to make make a make a catchy thing. 
Yeah, that's how it's done, though. Yeah, that, that is how it's done. Yeah. Respect, honestly. Yeah. All right, so statistically, there's no more disappearances here than any other heavily trafficked area in the world. Okay. Okay. Um, weather patterns. What What do you think goes through this area? Uh, the Ninos, right? Yes, hurricanes. All the the most Atlantic tropical storms and hurricanes pass right through the Bermuda Triangle. For sure. Okay, so it's got really, really bad weather. Um, there's many islands in the area. That makes it very unpredictable when it's shallow or not. You can run aground. You can easy. run aground very, very easily. Yeah. Um, the area also has a ton of seismic activity. This is a crazy fact. According to How Stuff Works, in 1817, a 7.4 earthquake at the northern northern end of the triangle, up by the Bahamas, caused a tsunami that was so violent, it tossed ships all the way up to the Delaware River. It literally moved ships from the Atlantic Ocean all the way up, up, up the Delaware River. Where is the Delaware River? In Delaware, I think. Okay. Moving on, because I'm not what sure where the Delaware mean, River is. What do you mean it tossed ships up there? It just they it took the like, ship and moved it all the way to the all the way like to the river, from the ocean. Pushed it. Pushed off it. The river. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's outrageous. Here is the really here is the really cool thing, and this is what's this is something that is unique to this area. Mm -hmm. Okay. So besides this being a very heavily trafficked and precarious area nat area naturally, the Bermuda Triangle is one of only two places on Earth. The other being the Devil Sea off the coast of Japan, where a compass points to true north rather than magnetic north. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of actual fuckery going on. This, this slight adjustment causes inexperienced captains and pilots to get off course. Okay, This is caused by changes in the Earth's magnetism based on where you are. This difference is called magnetic de declination. Right. And then you might ask, why does magnetic but declination that, that, happen? That happens everywhere. No, no, no. The difference between true north and magnetic north. Yes, it does. But there are only two spots, Adam. Yeah. Where the compass points to true north rather than magnetic north. Only two spots in the world. But no, wait, wait. When, you, when you're doing, when you just have a compass with you, right? Yeah. Then it points to the magnetic, magnetic yes. north, right? The north pole. Yes. It's not like it's pointing directly north. Yes. Well, that's a, okay. You that's can exactly. Use it anywhere listen, in the world. Listen, listen. Yeah. So, so the compass that you're referencing. Yeah. It points to magnetic north, north like you said. Uh-huh. In the Bermuda Triangle, yes, and in the Devil Sea, it yep. points to true north. Oh, so okay. So if you're if you're a ca captain or a pilot that's not very experienced, you're trained to account for well, declination. Even back in the day, mm -hmm. right? They they knew about this. This is a known thing. Even back in the day, how does how does this, that work? Why does it point to true north? Great question. North? Okay, and I went down that warm, wormhole for a while. Yeah. The easiest answer I can explain is that it just has to do with variations in the in the Earth's magnetism. And that's a vague and unsatisfactory answer. And the real, Bullshit. yeah. And the and the real answer was like a couple pages long. And did I really understand it? A little bit, kind of. What Full do we science say the, What do we say in the first sentence of the podcast description? Bong rips and science. Exactly. Okay. But ba what you need to know is that this area in the Devil Sea of Japan, they do have something that is unique to these areas from for magnet magnetism. Okay. Okay. So that little difference. Plus, the hazardous conditions could can lead to more shit. This is another thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's probably what's happening with with the uh, with with the Bermuda Triangle. Okay, make some noises with your mouth. I'm just gonna turn the AC on for a second so we can actually be comfortable in here. That's fine. I'm gonna go solo podcast for a bit. Okay, let me go, let me tell you let me tell let me tell you guys something. I have to go to the bathroom right now. I have to pee, but I'm not getting up, and that's because this podcast is more important than my comfort. Because you're a professional. That's because I'm a fucking professional. All right, Adam, what do you have for us next?
Okay. Uh, anything else? You don't have anything else? I'm sure you have more stuff on the Bermuda. Why? No. Why? What's your personal opinion? Why do you think it's happening? Well, I think I think it was I, I think it was cl- I, I think I think it's pretty clear. Why do you think it's happening? I think that it's happening because it's a very it's a very heavily traffic shipping area. It's a very dangerous shipping area, and because it is unique in that. It throws a compass off, and if you're inexperienced, just that little. If you're in high, if you're already in this hazardous area, and there's that little bit of difference with the compass, yeah, you can, you can get lost. It can fuck you up. Okay. Leptocephalus gigantus, a species of eel. Leptocephalus is a genus of eel. Okay, Leptocephalus gigantus, gigantus. What do you think of when you think of gigantus? Jacusta. Jacusto, big, big, right? Big balls. Yeah, yeah, Big, yeah. giant eel. Yeah. Okay, so it's very rare. Only two species have ever been studied, and one of them was studied in 1959 by Peter Henry and John Castle, and they published a paper on it, a couple-page paper, and they made a hypothesis that is hotly debated. What their hypothesis is is that since the eel they found is a larva. They call it, I don't know why they call it a larva and not some other word, but I guess a baby eel. Larvae. A baby eel is a larva. The larva was six feet long when they found it. So normally, young eels are five to 10% of its normal size as a larva. So if you you scale it out, it it could be 30 meters long or the length of a Boeing, Boeing 737 aircraft. Really? Yeah. Lectocephalus gigantus? Right, because every eel... That they know, or the vast majority of eels are five ten percent of its normal and size. This, this is they There's, found this in nineteen. They found this off the coast of northern Peru in nineteen fifty nine, and they published the paper on it. So, like I said, two right. There's another one that's been found. Another one has been found off the coast of South Africa, another juvenile at about five feet in length. Suggesting the same kind of findings. Of course, this is all circumstantial evidence. There hasn't been, you know, there hasn't been an eel the size of a Boeing 737 aircraft. We probably would have heard about it. Oh but, you know, there's plenty of legends of sea monsters out there. And if you Google Leptocephalus gigantis, you'll see some artist renditions of it. And it's like this, gi- it's basically like a giant eel swallowing a ship and stuff. So maybe like the babies, the 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 juveniles live higher up and they're easier to see and then the the big daddies the big daddies the big daddy they live deep dark deep part, in the dark part of the eighty five percent of the ocean that we haven't found deep in the dark I mean when you think about it the uh, the first video of a giant squid was filmed in two thousand five you know we just like we really haven't seen very much of the ocean at all yeah so it could be out there as giant sea monster next time you take a plane flight look at your plane and be like that's that could be an eel living in the ocean. Leptocephalus gigantis. Yeah. Also, when you're going up in that plane. Yep. When you're going up in that plane and you're still going up and you're at like 24,000 feet. Jacques Cousteau in 1953 went 10,000 feet more than you down. Yeah. In a metal Hug- tube. Hugging his friend in a metal hugging tube. Hugging his friend in a metal tube. That's a cool one. Giant, giant, big giant eel down there. Big giant eel. Only two ever found. There hasn't been any found... Recently, the one problem I have with the big gigantus because yeah. you know it's a theme, big giant shit in the bottom of the uh, bottom of the ocean. Right, big the, giant. The shit. one, <laughs> the one thing that makes me skeptical, yeah, is that like the big giant shit have to eat something. Yeah. So like, where are the nutrients to feed something that big, or do we have the environment to like actually feed exactly. something that big? What if it's eating giant squid? 
And then you're oh, like, like there's, just, me- there's then, just a bunch of megafauna so in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, so there's like a big megafauna world deep down in the dark. Yeah. What if they're feasting on 50-foot-long squid? At some hunters of squid. At some point, one of these submersibles, yep. something big is going to go and just wrap itself around it. <laughs> when is that going to happen? I don't know. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Hopefully with no one in it. Well, when you think about it, it's like, yeah... Usually it's a science fiction movie and like they, they go to the bottom of the ocean and like they see these big snake marks at the bottom of the ocean, like the size of, of the submarine. They're like, what could that be? You know? Yeah. And then, all of and a then someone, someone is like, someone makes a mistake. The asshole, you know, the wild card on the ship is like, I'm just going to go out yeah, for a yeah. little, like the wild card. Fuck you commander. I'm going to go take the submersible out and like go collect some rocks for my wife. Yeah. He's really like a Russian spy. Like, yeah, he but he's wild like, card. A di- he's a dick, you know? And he's yeah. like, he like hits like the woman, like in the scene before. So you're like, Oh, he's a so dick. Like, Fuck this dude. Go die. Fuck this dude. So he goes out in the submersible and it's like, <laughs> and, he, and, yeah, and he dies, but he wakes the monster up. And he gets up. slurped by the, but he uh, wakes it up. Gigantus. But he wakes it up. Yep. Um, funny, funny enough, when I was looking at one of the, <laughs> one of the videos I watched was a behind the scenes of a blue planet too. Um, you ever seen it? There, there's a cool scene Is where just David fucking, there's a, there's a cool scene where they're on the bottom of the sea floor, like yep. 4,000 meters deep. And, um, there's these like crazy sharks that live down there that are eating this carcass. Uh huh. Um, and the sharks are humongous. They're called six scale sharks. And there's a behind the scenes where the sharks start actually like attacking, not attacking, but bumping the submarine. Yeah. Cause I think it might be competition for the prey and the people in the submarine, there's three people in the submarine and they're like, they're, uh, they're like Russian or German or foreign and, yeah. and they're yelling and it's, it's, it's not coming off right, but, but they're, they're yelling in their accents to back away, back away from the shark, back away from the shark. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. I had to see it, right? One of those. It's one of those I had to see. It. I was a shitty story. That was a shit story. No, no, I, so I, you have to yeah. see it though. No, I get it. I want to move on to a cool section because I'm going to move on to my shitty story. Go ahead. Okay. So this is a banger. Yeah. Like okay. I said, it's going to get better. This is an absolute banger. These are fucking cool. Get ready to be creeped out. Okay. Unexplained humongous sounds. Yeah. Okay. The four largest sounds ever recorded by humans all came from the ocean, Adam. Four large. What do you mean? In frequency, in amplitude? In in just in yeah, in frequency, amplitude, in the ability to hear it, whatever frequency and amplitude in the ability to so hear it's them, amplitude, Adam. Amplitude. Okay? Frequency this is, si- this, is this is a science cat podcast for the people. Yeah. So okay. Amplitude. The ability to fucking hear them. Okay. Amp, Put your amp, ear to it. Amp. All right, so these sounds are so large that you could, they originated from one part of the Pacific Ocean, and you could hear them all over the Pacific Ocean, wherever you are. Yeah. Which is crazy, Adam, when you think about the vast size of the Pacific Ocean. What, what sounds specifically are we talking about? Okay, so the first sound that we're going to talk about is, the, is known as the Julia sound, and these are all mysterious sounds. Okay, scientists think that, you know, they have hypothesis, but you haven't been able to find why. All right, on March, I'm going to cue you for the Julia sound. Yeah. On March 1st, 1999, NOAA, otherwise known as the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, were doing their usual... By the way, NOAA is the only federally funded deep sea exploration group that we have. Everything else is private. Everything. They're the only ones funded by the government. We're doing their usual scans when they picked up an incredibly creepy humming sound with a creepier, higher sound on top of it. Adam. Cue the Julia sound, baby. Are you ready? Hit it. Oh my it. god. Oh my god. I'm oh so, my god, you're not ready. I'm so I am. I fucking I'm wanted so that. Give it. Okay. Give the people the Julia sound. Here it is. Here it is. 
Uh. Oh my god! Oh my god! What the oh. hell? <laughs> Julia's no out! Way. It's Julia's out! Alright, give him the actual Julia's How did out. they hear Will Smith? I can't believe Will bottom. Smith was just heard Miami <laughs> at the good. bottom of the ocean. That was good, that was good. Now give him the Julia's Can out. you believe it? Yeah, I can't believe All it. All over the Pacific Ocean. I can't believe it. it was a Will Smith. It was getting jiggy with Julia's it. sound, also, okay. also known as the Will Smith sound. And now here now, is the And actual. now give him the actual Julia's sound. This is the actual one. <laughs> You're not gonna fucking do it, are you? No, I got it. I like how it builds up. They did such a good job. I know. Whoever made the <laughs> Wait for it. Just wait for it. This is the actual sound that you can hear all across the Pacific Ocean on March 1st, 1999. Yeah, it's incredibly creepy, isn't it? Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. it it's like two minutes. You want to play the whole thing? It kicks. Turn that shit up. There's no snare in my headphones. Get to it. Get to the part. Wait, let it build. Let it build. Let it build. Are we close to the thing? Okay, speed it up a little bit. Get to that part. Yeah. Do you hear how creepy that is, listener? Yeah, it's fucking creepy, isn't it? <laughs> Holy shit. It's fucking <laughs> so creepy. creepy. It's so creepy. And scene. Alright, it goes on for about a minute longer. Okay, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's extremely, extremely it's extremely creepy. creepy. Yeah. Alright? Due to the uncertainty of the of the arrival azimuth, as it's known, which is a stupid science word that's that that is used to say the direction something came in. Right, the point of origin could be between the Bransfield Straits and Cape Adare. Okay, basically, where is this? If you sailed straight down from Argentina, the okay. place you hit on, on on Antarctica would be the Bransfield Straits. Okay. If you sailed south from New Zealand, the area would be the Cape Adare. So it's in that area. <laughs> just south. Just just think oh south God. of Argentina All right. for your little brain. From south of Argentina okay. to New Zealand. Somewhere just in fucking there south in, of, just, in Antarctica. It came somewhere south of Argentina. Jesus, a Friday podcast. The, Everybody dude, relax. Go, if you go south from Argentina, Adam, you hit yeah. Antarctica, that's probably where yeah, it I came from. It. Okay. Somewhere in that area. What the hell is that sound? So, well, there's more to it. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Hold on to your britches. I'm holding. Here's the conspiracy theory deal. Mm -hmm. On the same day... It is rumored heavily that NASA took photos of a huge shadow undulating through the water nearby the size of two Empire State Buildings. Leptocephalus gigantis. Probably Leptocephalus gigantis or Jack Gusto's lost <laughs> nut <laughs> floating around right, out what, there. What was it? All right. So, <laughs> so I, I looked... <laughs> I look I look I looked into this really I looked into it really really hard to find some credible source that okay. had the NASA photos. Okay? I actually yeah. spent way too long trying to find this. Okay. I couldn't find any of it. I found a lot of people just saying the photo like the talking about the photos. I could not find the photos themselves. Mm -hmm. I could find no evidence from a reputable source of the photos. And actually the spacecraft people were saying this came from was actually discontinued in 1992. And this photo was taken supposedly in 1999. What photo? What are you talking about? What spacecraft? Okay, so I'll I'll do it again. Yeah. Now at the same day that this sound was playing, yeah, NASA that, was launching a spacecraft. No, Na a NASA satellite 
took a photo of a huge shadow shadow undulating right. through the water nearby the size of two Empire State buildings. Right, 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 right. Okay? Okay. I looked for this photo and evidence, Adam, from a reputable source. And? I could not find anything. What I did end up finding out, though, is that people are saying it came from one of the Apollo spacecrafts. Okay. Okay? Unfortunately for the people saying that, the Apollo spacecrafts were discontinued in 1992, and this photo was taken in 1999. Okay, so... So, so I'm not sure... So I... I'm going to throw the photo out as the never happening or just... Okay. Let's forget the photo. Forget the... Fo- I'm just telling you this conspiracy theory. What, so if, you look, if you look up the Julia Sound, you're going to see it. Okay. What else? What other explanations is it? Okay. Are there? Scientists are pretty sure on this one. They believe that it is a large Antarctic iceberg running into the seafloor. Okay. So it's like a humongous iceberg. Huge. Like the size of a continent that finally hit the seafloor and just made this tremendous earthquake-ish sound. Okay. Okay, which I still think is unbelievably cool how that sound echoes all throughout the Pacific Ocean. Why only the Pacific Ocean? Why Why can't you hear it in the Atlantic? I mean, if it happened in Antarctica, just resonate... Oh, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, okay, resonate across can the Can you Pacific. imagine diving? Because when you're diving, sound when you're diving, right? Those of you that have dived, you know that it's really hard to locate sound. It's actually impossible to locate sound in water. Yeah, right? That's what I was thinking about. It's like, imagine... It just surrounds you, kind of. So, uh, there's all these whales in Antarctica Yeah, that dive down there. Can you imagine how loud that was for them? Or the, or the waves or the currents that that caused? Would you, would you poop your wetsuit if you heard that sound? I'd diarrhea my wetsuit. It's time to go now. I would... I, it, that would be a lot of poo talk on this episode. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. Okay, so it was an... They think it's an iceberg scraping along the ocean floor? Imagine a continental... How, why, do they, they, why do they think that? Do they... Like because they because they, they have seen huge icebergs run to the seafloor, sure. recorded the sound, and the sounds are very similar. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's a pretty good explanation for it. Really, really creepy sound. Cool. It's fucking. It's cool to think about just a huge iceberg finally hitting the seafloor. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm surprised it didn't cause an earthquake. I guess. Yeah, I'm. I guess that's not how earthquakes work. But no, not a continental shelf, just an iceberg. Yeah, but you never know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. All right, maybe a big enough vibration. The second sound. Yeah. By the way, there's like ten. There's a lot of identified let's, sounds. Yeah. Let's. You're. I. I love the sounds. Just speed it up just a little because we are. We're gonna run so long in this. Yeah. 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 I have to pee and I'm holding my pee. And you told me Go to pee. speed it up. How dare you? Go pee. No, absolutely not. Because I'm a professional. Yep. Okay. I'm like Derek Jeter out here. <laughs> Otherwise, or Jack fucking Cousteau, <laughs> right? I don't. You know, I Derek give no fucks. Jeter. Okay. The upsweep. Yep. Unlike the Julia, the sound is still happening. The upsweep is still going on, and we are still measuring it. Okay. According to NOAA, the National Oceanic uh, Stupid Scientific Acronym, when they, fir- when they first turned on the Pacific Marine Environmental Laboratory's sound surveillance system, okay, in other words, this is what this, so this is NOAA's Pacific Marine Environmental Laboratory. This is the acronym that I actually found in papers referencing this. Are you ready for this? Yeah. P-M-E-L-S-O-S-U-S. Pamel sauce? In a nine-letter acronym. Yeah, Pamel sauce. In a, in a nine-letter science acronym, um, they basically, once they, when, when they turned this on, they started recognizing the sound. Okay. Immediately when they turned on their thing, they recognized it. Adam, play it. Play it. Okay. When was this first, when and where was this first heard? 1990, oh, fucking, 1991. Okay. In where? the Pacific Ocean. Just it, it, another Again, one of these Pacific Ocean another sounds? Another one of these Pacific Ocean sounds. Okay, here we go. You ready? For the upsweep. See. 
You're not getting the up. Is that the up sweep? So, so, go on, so, Adam, pause that, pause that, go on, go, search, type in, upsweep, Noah, okay, God, type in, upsweep, Noah, go to it, go to Noah website, which one, N-O-A-A, upsweep, or go to your Slack, go to the mp3 file that I sent you, you didn't like the upsweep that I had there, go to the mp3 file that I sent you, Adam, just, just go to our Slack, yeah, that's the upsweep, that's the upsweep, and that is. Thank you. See the. Yeah, the kind of whale noises. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good enough. We're weirdly mesmerized. As far as being a DJ, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> you've done okay. You've done an all right job. Okay. You know what? I, I got the soundboard here. No, you I, got podcast here. I got the podcast here. All right. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Okay. Okay. The, you've done fine. The, uh, okay, so the upsweep's creepy, right? Because it kind of goes like up and down. Yeah. The sound can also kind of hurt, be heard across Pacific. Okay. It's seasonal, Adam. Yeah. It generally reaches peaks in the spring and fall, so it's louder in the spring and fall. Okay. So the huge gigantic mammal down there is more active in the, in the <laughs> yeah, spring and the right. fall. Okay. Unclear if this is due to changes where the sound is coming from or changes in the listening environment. So. Okay, it's funny that so Jacuzzi's balls scraping. So Jacuzzi's balls, they're just more active in <laughs> the spring and the fall. Okay, the sound what can be loca it? located at fifty four south, one hundred and forty west, or in the middle of the fucking ocean between New Zealand and Chile. Okay, okay. What is it? This location, Adam. Yeah. All right, there. Scientists are actually much more unsure about this one than the other sound. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's this. This location is near lots of infrared volcan volcanic seismicity. But the origin of the sound is still unresolved. So it's by a lot of, of volcanism. So they think it might have something to do with like the volcanoes down there, but they're not sure. Interestingly enough, the sound has been declining since 1991, but still being detected. Whoa. Spooky. Yeah, very spooky. Unlike the Julia, yeah. where, where science, the consensus is that that one has been solved. Yeah. This one, the consensus is that it is not solved at all. Ooh, the upsweep. The upsweep. What if it's and, like some alien reactor core of a ship? Right. Just that's like, just powering up. Whoa, whoa, that's powering up whoa. every year. But here's the thing, like when they're measuring sound waves in the ocean, it's why isn't it just like some ocean shit? You know what I mean? Like it could be just so many different things. Could be a whale, could be like a an octopus like yelling, like I don't know. I think it's How probably do we know? probably because they cross-reference all the sound stations across the Pacific and they're all hearing it. So, there's no way that a whale could be making that sound. Uh, a giant whale. Yeah, you have to assume that they're doing like a little bit of a good job. Yeah. Okay. The upsweep. Upsweep. Okay. The very creepy. The upsweep. Very creepy sound. Yeah. Upsweep. Still happening this day. Happening right now, Adam. The upsweep. Yeah, I agree. Okay. What do you have for us next? Okay. Um, moving on from sounds, let's go to the Japanese Atlantis, otherwise known as the Yonaguni Monument. So, what is it? It was discovered in 1987 by a dive tour operator because off the coast of east coast of Japan because it's a very popular place to see hammerhead sharks. So they take people over there a lot. Um, it's like a hammerhead shark feeding ground. It'd be pretty awesome to see and also terrifying at the same time. It's in the famous Dragon's Triangle, which is basically the Asian version of the Bermuda Triangle. They have the same thing. Is that a different name for Devil Sea? Uh, 
I don't know. Who knows? Keep going. Yeah, maybe. It is a, it, it's nearly a 500 foot long and 100 foot tall structure is the best way to talk about it. It's a true structure is what it looks like. It kind of resembles like Mayan ruins in that it's like stones, top, like geometric stones on top of each other. It has lots of right angles in it too. So that's why it looks like it was made by humans. So it, it's pretty close to the surface. It's like, it starts at like 60 meters, which isn't that far away from the surface. Um, and it's it's huge. So it's it's 100 feet tall, you know? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a structure? It is. It's a structure. It's 100 feet tall and how wide? It's, oh, mm, mm. It's about- Just how big is it? How fucking big is it? It's fucking big. It's really big. It's 500 feet long and it's about 300 feet wide and 100 feet tall. Can you give some kind of a metaphorical example so I can sure. picture it in my head sure, instead sure. of just some numbers? No, I absolutely could. Yeah, it's basically like a football field's worth of stone of stone blocks. Okay. And pretty tall. Like as tall as the goalposts, maybe. So you can dive like around this So it's giant a plateau. Structure. Yeah, it's like a plateau. Okay. It's like a plateau. So it's a bunch of um, sandstone and mud piled up on top of each other and it looks like it's huge it's made by humans because of the right angles and because it's like geometric in shape it's like very square things are like really there's like it's square. a big square block in the middle of the ocean. yeah with other square blocks on top of it okay so was it made by humans scientists say that it is beyond the capacity of stone age civilizations to make something like that so who made it who could have done something like this so they think that it is it is a sign of atlantis Atlantis. That, um, that like it was a structure from Atlantis? Right. And furthermore, that many sandstone formations in one area is highly unlikely. And conspiracy theorists, they, they argue that there should be some loose stones on top if it wasn't made by humans. Like there should be loose debris floating around, but there's no loose debris. It just like, it looks like a Mayan ruin underneath the water. How, that's great. How old is it? And what are the reasonable explanations? They don't know. That's people, it. People don't know what it is. The reasonable explanations is there are natural formations all over the world that have these kind of sandstone like geometric structures. And so it was, it's pretty natural to assume that one was below the water, but there isn't one that we found another one below the water that has like, that doesn't have loose stones on top. But some people all also argue that the currents have swept all the loose rock away, thus leaving this kind of intact structure. What's the scientific consensus? There, uh, The consensus is that it's a sandstone formation and it's not really anything to worry about. It's just a sandstone formation. They, th I mean, they think, but you know, there's a lot of pseudo scientists, pseudo archeologists and like conspiracy theorists who think otherwise. Can I say is, is doing the research for this stuff? Yeah. Was hard, was a lot harder than I thought. Okay. Why so? Because you have to wade through a piles of shit. Absolutely. Well, there are people who are like uh, science. They're basically like scientists slash science fiction writers. They kind of live in the gray area of these conspiracies. Right. And they sound, when they talk, it sounds like they're using the language of science, but that is, that's what pseudoscience looks like. So you have to watch out for that. Right. Yeah. But sometimes I would read an article and I'd be like, great, got a lot of good stuff from here. Then yeah. I'd read another article that completely contradicted it. Then yeah. a third article that was itself different. And I'm yeah. like, which, and then, and then it's like, well, you can only then go with a source that is, that you know is reputable, like the Washington Post or something. Well, when I, when... I was watching the videos. When you look at when you look at the structure, I mean, it really does look kind of um, it's shocking. It looks like a ruined civilization, but there's there's no carvings in it, obviously. Yeah. So I I would think it would be by some natural process, but that's a fucking mystery of the deep, dude. That's why we're that's doing cool. it. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, 
there were like sciency yep. air quotes sciency like magazines and publications or or whatnot mm-hmm. that uh said that the Bermuda Triangle was air bombs, just like a a, a spontaneous combustion in the air. Spine, uh, which is bullshit. Which is not. Therefore, affecting the ships. But but like the the like the websites would be like Science Now or something, and you're like, oh, this looks so sciency. And then it's like, no, it's it's fucking. Well, not. is it better to get someone to click on something that says there's natural sandstone formations below the surface of the ice of the no, water, I or is it better to say doing it, Atlantis is lost below the Sea of Japan? I know why they do it. I'm just telling you, it's 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 difficult. It was more difficult than I thought. Do the research. Go ahead with your next one. Okay. Difficulty, difficulties in studying the ocean depth. No, it will not be boring. This will be a good one. Okay. First off, how much have we studied? Our best maps of Mars, Adam, have an average res- resolution of one point every 330 feet. Okay. Our best maps of the ocean have one point every three miles. Wow. Better maps of Mars. So we have way better maps of Mars than we do of the ocean floor. Mm-hmm. We've explored space so much more than we've explored the oceans that we know more about the surface of the moon and Mars. Far better than we know the deep sea. Some scientists like Amatai Edzioni in a statement published in Science and Technology said, The basic reason is that deep space, NASA's favorite turf, is a distant, hostile, and barren place. The study of which yields... (laughs) You're talking about how hard it is to explore the deep sea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I'm talking about how hard it is to explore to explore the deep sea, and basically what I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk about the quote, not read it. What what scientists are saying is that actually exploring the deep sea would yield more scientific discoveries and more useful things than than going to space, which return which we're which is not returning yeah, as much. Let's do it. It's unfortunately that's what they're saying. It's hard to find people who are French with such big penises. At it is hard to find French people with the ball size of Jacques Cousteau, but they're saying that we get more from going to the deep sea than we do from space. Okay. Like more, what do you mean more, more data? We points? get more, more data. We find more interesting things. We find more resources. Probably we learn more science. We get more bang for our buck. We get more bang for our buck. That's exactly right. Scientifically. That's okay. what people, that's what science. Some scientists claim. Talk to me about the pressure and stuff. Okay, I will talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna talk about like like how little, just kind of conceptualize how little that we have actual actually searched. Yeah. For um, for instance, when the Malaysian Air- Airlines Flight 370 crashed into the ocean that was crazy. in 2014, we yeah. just lost an airplane. That was crazy. Um, the resulting search led to the discovery of two new huge seafloor volcanoes. Just when they were searching for for the Malaysian aircraft, in in 2016, just in 2016, scientists found a 600 mile Coral reef. Okay, so a coral, or a coral reef the size of the island of Cyprus or 33% as big as the Great Barrier Reef, the biggest coral reef. 60, 600 so, miles, you say? Yeah. Only four, four years ago, we found a coral reef we had no idea existed, and it was a third the size of the Great Barrier Reef. So it's a fucking huge reef. Awesome. Yeah. Before, and most importantly... Where did we find that? Um, so it's, it's actually right at the mouth of the Amazon. Okay. Oh, what? Yeah. Really? Crazy enough. In, you could probably, it's, like it's probably unbelievably Off the coast sick. of Brazil? It's like right when the Amazon goes to the, the ocean. Amazon Delta? Right. There's a giant coral reef. Giant there. coral reef under the surface layer of mud there. Very cool. Because it's muddy when it goes out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, a big reason for this exploration is that you can't protect what we don't know. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know that there is life somewhere, such as this reef, you cannot make the government protect it. So this example is good because this area, this coral reef that was found, was actually scheduled for oil exploration. Okay, and did, did it prevent? No, did no, it yes. Now it's prevented. Okay, well that yeah. Okay, well, but this is a huge reason why the ocean needs to be explored 
because yep. Yep. because if we haven't explored it, then you cannot make a case to you protect can't it. Label you're like label this this desert. If you don't know ocean. the coral reef is there, you're just gonna drill in it. Right. Yeah. The large goal is to get a map of the ocean by 2030. Okay, this mapping effort would cost an estimated three billion dollars. As Adams mentioned, more <laughs> more of eighty three kajillion fuck ton dollars. More than as Adams mentioned, more than eighty percent of the ocean still remains unexplored. I don't even know how you would estimate something like that. Like what marketing firm was like, hey, we can ex- we can estimate that for you. We can do market research. I know. You know? I don't know. I yeah, seriously. Uh, for exploring purposes, that's why it's one fuck ton, really. For exploring purposes, the leader of Deep Sea Exploration Team Oceanus said we only have good information on less than 5% of the world's oceans and maybe sparse information on another 10%. So herein lies the catch-22, Adam. It's very hard to fund explorations to go explore something that you have no idea what it is. Yep. But And then, therefore, it's harder to get further research funded. Yeah. Because we do not know. This is this is why we have... I'm just, I'm just trying to explain to people why we have not explored barely any. So you're saying that to, basically to get funding, you have to have a pretty clear purpose. To get funding, you have to have a clear purpose, and if there's one thing that doesn't have a clear purpose, it's it's swimming around in the ocean. This sounds similar to the problems with the scientific method a little bit, is that you have to have... Top, yeah. You can't just do, like, I'm going to go explore. Who yeah. Wants to fund me? We're just going to go look for shit. There yeah. isn't just, like, a look for shit fund? So just, so, like, but it, it makes sense because, so, like, for instance, a, a, new, a new research vessel is yeah. being built in 2021 that's, like, state-of-the-art sickness. Scientists are wetting their pants for this ship. Uh-huh. The ship is called the Rev, R-E-V. <laughs> okay. Okay? The ship costs $600 million. All right? And, and to, put, to, put that, to put that into perspective, how much do you think a rocket costs? Um, a billion. Can I just say a billion? I don't know. Okay. Good guess. NASA's rocket costs a billion. Okay, uh-huh. how much does the so the uh, SpaceX's uh, Falcon Heavy? Okay, how much do you think that that costs? I don't know, uh, two hundred million. Okay, that was, that was you're you're actually your guesses are good. Yep, it's a hundred million. Okay, okay, so this ship, this research ship, costs the same cost as six Falcon Heavy rockets. Wow, so it's actually six times more expensive than a rocket. Why why do we need a new research ship? Is it an American ship? International ship? It's uh, it's not an American ship. It's being built in the Black Sea in Romania right now. So who's who owns the ship? It's private. It's it's contract. It's like a subcontractor. Who owns the ship? Yeah. It's some dude that made a ton of money actually do, drilling for oil in the water feels guilty and is spending six hundred million dollars to build this research vessel. Who is it? Who is the person? Some some oil dude. Oh, foreign, some oil dude. Foreign foreign oil dude. Is it Lou? Lou the scientist? Yeah, Lou Lou Lou, okay, Lou the Lou's scientist. Back. All right, all right. But I'm I'm just explaining. Yep, gotcha. Um, struggles in researching. Yeah, pressure, Adam. That you that you mentioned. When we're when we're when we're at sea level, mm-hmm. we have about 15 pounds per square inch pressing down on our body. Okay. When you go when you go up in space or outside of Earth's atmosphere, obviously that goes down to zero. That's why you float. Okay, when you go to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, which is nearly seven miles deep, or where Jacques Cousteau went, you're now talking about the equivalent of over a thousand times more pressure than at the surface. Yeah. It's the equivalent of 50 jumbo jets stacked on top of you. The the submersibles, if you look at them, that go down this deep, they look more like a tank. <laughs> They're like a fucking tank. Right. To survive the pressure. Uh, to survive this pressure, they literally build this fucking metal box tank to go down there. What happened if you just stepped outside the submersible? Instant death? Would it get ripped in half? What That's a happen? great question. I think that you would get instantly crushed. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the other so there's the pressure and then of course there's the cost okay yeah. some of these ships just to, just daily they cost about fifty thousand dollars a day jesus so if you if you've got a motor out there and you got to pitter around because again we haven't mapped the seafloor really well so we don't actually know where this stuff is if you got to pitter around it's fifty thousand dollars a day to pit around on your 600 million dollar ship <laughs> and your submersible is 41 million dollars Okay, yeah. by the time we're done, we could have done seven Falcon Heavy rocket launches. So is it is it mostly private and then it's contracted out? Great question. How does it work? This is very confusing. Yeah. However, sure. the answer is that in the United... I only know for the United States. In the yeah. U.S., NOAA, the National Oceanic, whatever, they, have, they are the only federally funded group that does deep sea research. The only one. Okay. Okay. Every other every other group, such as this oil ba- oil barons Lou, ship, Lou the scientist, Lou the scientist ship, yeah, they're all private. Even okay. like the the Monterey Bay Aquarium has Alvin, mm-hmm. right? Private. That's private money. Well, you're miss you're missing a big one. Is that the navy? The navy has a lot of ships. Okay. Yeah, that's federally funded. Wait, but they're not research vessels. Deep sea research vessels. They do. Adam. They do have research vessels. No. Yes. Which one? This I I, I read that the. Uh, Noah has the only I'm about to, research vessel. I will talk about one specific one in my last in my last column. You but yeah, fuck. keep going. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, and then I had Jack who still think we already mentioned it. Okay. But so it basically cost pressure and it just it just the cost is when you think about space travel versus uh marine, yeah. It's basically as expensive as space travel. Okay. Jeez. Jeez. And then it's basically most of the time it's contracted out. Not only the ship, but also the submersible. But also the submersible and all the crew. But if you technically, if you were a billionaire, could you just be like, hey, like, uh, I just want to explore some shit on the floor. See what we see. What we see. Otherwise known as James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Otherwise literally known as James Cameron who did just that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you could. Um. The, oh my God. I just had a point in my head and I for, I'm going to kill myself. I, I forgot it, but it was a good point. I wanted to get to the people. Yeah. That's okay. Not the first time. Um. If I just go, just go on, come back to me. Okay, next one we're going to talk about. That was, okay, so what, just to summarize, cost, right? Yes. Pressure. Pressure. Not enough Jacustos. Not enough Jacustos with, with with big willies. Okay, we're just going to talk quickly about. Oh, oh, I, mean, I remember this. Oh. Future technology to yeah. try and make, keep this cost down. All yeah. the technology is going into uh, autonomous ships. Okay, oh. so take the, take the whole crew off of it. Send a robotic ship with totally, totally wow. remote controlled. Wow. That's how, and that is supposedly how we're going to get the cost down to actually explore the like oceans. Like literally everything. Everything is automated. There's the no crew on the ship. Submersible, the ship, everything is completely autonomous, and that's how we're getting the cost down to actually go explore. Okay, we have autonomous um, submersibles now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We we have a t- actually most of the submersibles are autonomous. There's it's a- harder to get humans down. Uh. Okay. Yeah. But the ship itself, like, completely autonomous. So you don't need crew on it. Okay. Um. Going back to the animal kingdom, really quick, the Dumbo octopus. Why is it called the Dumbo octopus? It's a pink octopus that lives at extreme depths, like 7,000 meters. That's where it can be found. In the depths of the Java Trench, for example. They have two giant floppy ears by their in their cone, you know, octopus cone. They have two giant ears that looks like Dumbo, that kind of covers the whole face, and it, like they're very floppy, and they go in the current. I'm doing this with my hands. So that no one can see, but no one else can see because they're listening to the podcast. They can Flop, floppy. It's got a big floppy floppiness. Dumbo they, octopus. They can also fan their whole body out. They like a giant parachute. They basically become like this big uh, circle of flesh, 
and it looks like a big parachute. So there's a really cool video of the Dumbo Octopus online um, by this cool comp- cool uh, kind of institution called Nautilus Live, which is a research vessel that is just dedicated to science education. And they basically, they remote control sub- submersible. They did one of the uh, of the Jacuzzi of Death, and they do one on Dun- Dumbo Octopuses. And their videos are really cool, and they have like a biologist and a geologist kind of voicing over as the submersible is going around. The host, they anthropomorphize a lot, um, a lot more than I was suspecting, and they're pretty annoying. But the video of the octopus is really cool. And that was pretty much... And uh, seen. And seen. I just thought that the Dumbo hey, octopus is fucking sick. No, it's fucking cool. Yeah. It's really fucking cool. You called me out for, for saying that um, that the NOAA had the only federal federally funded deep sea exploring vessel. So can, yeah. you, uh, can you tell that's me why I'm wrong? A, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, Mr. Biden. Mr. Biden. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's in the next section. So they have a ship called the Nautilus Live is their own ship. And then there's another ship owned by the U S Navy that they built basically to resurrect this Russian submarine K one, two, nine from the ocean floor. And the nickname of the ship is Clementine. Can it go down to the, uh, bottom of the Mariana trench? No, I don't know. Okay. I think Noah's vessel is the only one that can Adam. Okay. Fair enough. What's yours? Okay. We have now gotten finally to the giant siphonophore. <laughs> Where okay. we started, baby. Life is a circle. The circle of life. Yeah. All right. So the giant siphonophore, Adam, or what I did to your bathroom earlier, can grow to 150 feet or, or bigger than a blue whale. It's, it has a body as thick as a broom handle, so it's very thin. It, look, it looks like if you took a gel, take a jellyfish, make it stretch it as big as, big as a blue whale, and that's a giant siphonophore. These things actually exist. What? They're just like this huge, like line, this fucking a massive line what that just it? floats an, around. An eel? Good question. It's a collection, Adam, of highly specialized individual parts. What? Okay, S- some are for swimming, some are for eating prey, some are for reproduction. It's kind of like if a whole ant colony was spread out on a string in a line, because it, it's definitely like a hive mind kind of situation. Is this a real thing? This is a real thing. When when there's was a it lot found? of sick pictures of it. Okay. Look up giant siphonophore. The biggest one ever found, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm going to include... The biggest one ever found was in April of this year by the Scripps Institute. It looks like a humongous crop circle that goes, like, to the edge of the visibility. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen, listen to me for a second. Okay. Okay? And it, it's estimated to be... Th- this one that they found in April is estimated to be 390 feet in length. Or the size of two football fields. So you stretch this thing out, it's the size of two football fields. The video is insane. I'll put it on the Facebook page. It it looks like the biggest crop circle ever just floating in the deep sea. And it's a it's a creature. It's like an eel cross with a jellyfish. It's like an eel, very good. Eel cross with a jellyfish that is as big as football fields. It's very string-like. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a string. Did you see? No, you should see the one. So... No, 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 yeah, yeah. You haven't even, I, you haven't even seen the one that I'm referencing. So I'm looking at what you're looking at. What, what is, what, uh, is it? A collection of individual organisms? Like, it's, what it's is a it? collection of individual organisms that comes together to, fi- to, to like form this super organism. Yeah. And make me be able to speak again. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, yeah, it's awesome. And it's fucking huge. And I promise that I will put the link somewhere that people can find it. Don't just look up giant spawnifor. Find the link because this one that I'm gonna show is like 390 feet. Like you're like Adam right now is looking at is wasting his time looking up the wrong shit. What is life like as a giant siphonophore? Ask your toilet, Adam. Yeah. Next section. 
Okay, so this is going to be... Was that your last one? That was my last one. Okay, this is also my last one, and this is going to be... This is going to be a deep one, okay? So stay with me here. Come to my level as I take you on a little journey about the lost submarines of 1968. Oh, awesome, okay. Okay, so what are we talking about here? Four submarines and 318 lives were lost in one calendar year. Coincidence? I don't know. These submarines are the INS Dakar from Israel... Israel, the Minerve from France, the K-12, K-129 from Soviet Russia, and the USS Scorpion from America. So it's a mystery because every one of them disappeared under mysterious circumstances around the same time. We'll start with the INS Dakar. It was the first of the subs to go missing found, and it was missing for a very, very long time. Okay, these these all sunk in 1968. It was found in 1999 near the Greek islands of Crete and Cyprus. So how did it sink? An Egyptian newspaper in 1970 claimed they sank the Israeli sub with depth charges. So Israel has since come forth and also substantiated the claims. Someone sunk it or they sunk it? Egypt claimed that a warship, Egyptian warship sunk it. Okay. This is in 1970. But it appears now that no emergency measures had ever been taken on the sub before it just dived rapidly through maximum death and suffered a catastrophic hole rupture. So it went lower than it could go. Yeah. And it's resting on the seabed at about 3,000 meters. But So that one has been found. Still not sure why that sunk. Okay. okay. To, to add to the mystery, two days later, the Minerve, a French submarine, was sunk. This vessel, it was sailing back to France and was only 30 miles out from Toulouse, from its home base. It was never heard from again. It was lost and it was never found until last year, 2019, when the son, it's a crazy story, the son of the commander on the boat, the submarine, led families of the crew to ask for a new research through the French media. So he pressured them, pressured them until they, nice. the French government had a new search. The sub was the, it was the only Western submarine which had not been found. Every other one of these had been found since the end of World War II. Wow. Okay. This is basically the age of sub. So found last year. How did it sink? Not sure. Possibly maybe bad weather in the Mediterranean. The weather was terrible the day that the sub was due into port, but the captain on this ship, he had like tons of experience. He had like five years of being on the same class of sub and nothing bad ever happened. So they're not sure how that one sunk. Okay. Hmm. Still, still to this day. Okay. So, and that sunk two days after the Israeli one. And they're sunk in, they're not in the same place, but they're in the Mediterranean. Like it's pretty close to the islands of, not too far away from the islands of Greece. Yeah. Okay. So they're close. They're two days apart. The third one is K129, and this is the one with the most controversy around it because of how it was recovered. It's a Soviet nuclear-tipped missile submarine. Um, And, I mean, 968, we're basically in the middle of the Cold War here. So U.S. and Russia, they're at, at, we're basically almost at war. The K129 was on patrol near Hawaii, which uh, the exact location of this one is kept secret by the U.S. government like a lot of things about this specific submarine, our sonar was more advanced than the Russians in 1968. So people say they detected a loud bang noise along the precise like latitude where the sub was eventually found. The Soviet hypothesis about the sub is that it slipped below its operating depth, thus causing flooding on the sub to sink it. And now it's one of the deepest subs, so it's one of the hardest to recover. Yeah. It's 5,000 meters down. It's Damn. so far down. Damn. When these subs sink, sometimes they really fall. They just like, I don't know, they just tumble. They just tumble 
down. That's so far down. Yeah, to contextualize that for people, I think in Blue Planet 2, when they get to the bottom, they're at 4,000 meters. And this is 1,000 meters below that, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the crash site is. It's one of the hardest ones they've ever tried to recapture. So the recapture is kind of a... um, it's It's very... It's very interesting. And we could do a whole podcast just on K129. It's like who gets to get it? Yeah, exactly. So the Soviets didn't detect that the submarine had sunk because they didn't have the sonar technology that we had. So we knew the sub had sank. And then the Russians tried to come into the Pacific. This is like the Pacific Theater, right? This is near Hawaii somewhere. And they tried to find the sub themselves. And the Americans were like, okay, why are there all these Russians out there? Well, it must be because there's a lost sub. So we kind of sat back and gave the Russians like a month to find it. They never found it. They had no idea where it was. Okay. So Project Azorian. Project Azorian is the CIA code name for the U.S. attempt to recover the lost sub near Hawaii. And it's such a crazy depth. When they were bringing the sub up, when they finally found oh, it. Oh, they did get it. They Okay, the U.S. did get it. We made our own vessel which I was talking about earlier, yeah. codenamed Clementine, to pick the sub up from 5,000 meters deep and to pull it up into a moon pool, a real-life moon pool. Tell me what a moon pool is. A moon pool is a empty hole at the bottom of this vessel where you can pull the sub up through the hole in the bottom into the cargo hold of the ship. It's crazy cool. It's unbelievably cool. Real-life science fiction. So when the U.S. did find it, and when the Russians had backed off, this was a completely covert operation through Nixon, right? Completely classified stuff. The Russians couldn't see us doing this to their ship because we wanted to do it to get all the codes, you know. Maybe we'll figure something out about their nuclear powers, their communications, like stuff like that. For sure. So they sent the research vessel out. It got the ship from the bottom, from five fucking thousand meters down. It pulled it up to the moon pool, but halfway up. Two-thirds of the sub, like, cracked off and fell back down to the bottom. No. Yeah, two-thirds of the sub fell back down to the bottom. So they got one-third of it, basically. Do they get, like, the head or the butt? Like, the good or the bad? I, it's, everything about this is, it's classified. We, the Navy won't release any information on it. Yeah. So they got half of it up into the moon pool. We know that. Okay? And we know at least, like, a little bit was recovered and then nixon is quoted as saying that it was a huge success for the cia in the cold war that they learned a lot and basically mission accomplished as far as he was concerned that's um, great yeah that it's, was it's super a, fucking cool it's pretty fucking amazing what is clement is clementine still clementine floating around there the real name of, of the ship is the hughes glomar explorer and it's a giant ship with a moon pool that can pull up subs from five thousand feet Meters below surface. D so it was it a ship? It was a ship that pulled it up. A ship, yes. That and and it sent down like a hook. Well, the the ship. One of the other reasons for the moon pool is that they couldn't have the hook above the water because if the Russians saw it, they would be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" They had all the operations had to be below the surface of the water so no one could see anything. Wow. So I didn't know that. Also, during this time in 1968, it was common practice that whenever the Russians would launch a sub. They would, um, the U.S. would be like, okay, we need one of our subs to follow that sub. It was like a one-to-one. -one. Every Russian sub was followed by some U.S. sub. So it's crazy that there wasn't more like sub sinking. Because we were like literally on the brink of war. Following, subs were following other subs around. Crazy stuff. We're pulling up subs. Crazy stuff. So there's alternate theories to this. What happened? How did it sink? Was it a hydrogen explosion in the batteries? Was it a collision with an American submarine? Was it a missile explosion? Was it 
in, intentional or unintentional scuttling. What's scuttling? Scuttling is when you sabotage. I don't. I don't understand what, sabotage, how it sabotage, could be sabotage. Sabotage. I don't understand how something actually could be an unintentional scuttle because it's when you intentionally sink the ship, basically when you scuttle it. Yeah. The Russians say that this was K one two nine. Why it crashed is because it was a collision with a U.S. submarine. Okay, they say it to this day, even though the U.S. maintains that the logs say that no U.S. sub was within 300 nautical miles of K129 when it sank. Of course, we don't know the truth. Okay, um, the Russian, a Russian soldier, said criminal. It the act of the Americans pretending like they have nothing to do with it is criminal, and that had been caught and now claimed. It's as if a criminal had been caught and now claim that guilt must be proved. Okay, so they, they think in general that we still kind of sunk it. So there's a lot of controversy around this one. And the covert operation to reclaim it from the seafloor. That's dope. Yeah. The ones in the Medi- the one in the the ones in the Mediterranean, any consensus of how those sunk? They no. found they found those, right? They think that the, the French one was bad weather, and they think that the Israeli one um Well Egypt it, they have no idea. But I, I feel like with the Israeli one, mm-hmm. that'd be very easy to prove if death charges caused it to sink. Because you would see a well, that's why big Israel, holes in it, right? That's why Israel uh, unsubstantiated the claims. Right, because that, that's like the easiest one. There's no explosion marks on it. Right. They didn't find anything like that. So they don't, so they don't know why either of those sank. Well, it, Egypt claims that one of their warships like signaled and then they had another warship go out and drop death charges on it. Charges on it. But there's no logs about it. And in Israel, like this, this ship is highly memorialized. There's memorials in the Naval Museum. There's memorials in the submuseum of uh, the Dakar, which sank. There's also a legend of the Dakar. It had a totem pole on the front. And mm. on, the, uh, on the mission where it was being sent from Britain, because it was made in Portsmouth in Britain, being sent to Israel, on that mission, they didn't have the totem pole riding on the, uh, wow. on the sail. And then it sank. The last, of the, the last one we're going to talk about, okay, is the USS Scorpion, the American submarine, nuclear submarine, lost with all hands. It is the last U.S. submarine to be lost at sea in 1968. It's found near the Azores in the middle of the Atlantic, near Portugal and Morocco, but like not even really. When they say it's like near something, it's just not really near it at all. It's like you're basically in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> where, where the Titanic is. In the middle of the fucking ocean? Yeah, lost with all hands. So how did it sink? The official position is inconclusive. Was it a mechanical failure? Was it like a Soviet torpedo? Was it like an exploding internal torpedo? The highest theory is that the torpedo exploded in the torpedo room because of an uncontrollable fire. But it's good to note that it was nicknamed the Scrap Iron. It's the USS Scorpion. Nicknamed the USS Scrap Iron because it was in uh, in port so many times being fixed. Very cool. There you go. So those are the four awesome. lost submarines of 1968. Super into the covert mission that pulled up the sub. Love, from 5, love a meters. sub. Love a sub mystery. That is so cool. By the way, there are. If you're wondering how many subs are sank right now, I'm not sure the exact number, but there are eight nuclear submarines that have been sank and are at the bottom of the ocean that are found or not found. Um, they have all been found, but not pulled up. They have not been pulled up because I, I don't think they want to disturb the reactors. But if you're worried about the reactivity of the ocean, the the uh, <clears throat> radioactive material that's on the submarines, right? The plutonium, right? It will just disperse, dissolve into the ocean. And in normal, when they do testing around these submarines, normally it's okay. The radioactivity, it doesn't create like this giant dead zone. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, open kimono. Wait. All right. Hit him with it. You need like a sick soundboard. 
Hit him with it again. Open kimono. <laughs> Open kimono. Yep. Um, there's so much we have left to explore. The deep, dark mystery. I don't know if we really need to open Komodo this because the whole thing was like an open Komodo. It's so fucking sick. There's there's a ton of sick shit. If you think those were mysteries, imagine what happens when we explore the 85% of the ocean that we right. haven't even seen. Right. Imagine if those are the mysteries we know now. Imagine what we do not know. There's so much okay. we don't know just hiding out there in the ocean, you know? I can't fucking wait. It's so fucking cool. Ugh, Let's get fucking down there to the down deep. There. I hope there's giant fauna down there. I do hope that the eel, the huge eel is down there with the huge shit. Yeah, what if we finally find the giant eel that's eating everything? It's eating a submarine. That's stuff what, of science. A sub's just going down, and then it just starts to. It just like it just. There's a big mouth. There's a big mouth eating its reactor, it's thriving uh -oh. off radiation. Adam, where can people find us? Shout out to Sarah's boyfriend. Shout out to Sarah's boyfriend. Shout out to Ahmed, the small Middle Eastern man who did me in, in pick up soccer. Um. Shout out to our our, our grandma Nana Nana Marilyn. Just turned eighty seven. Love you. Love you. Shout out to everyone listening shout, to the podcast. Shout out to, hey, shout out to Becca and Seth. Having a baby. And their new baby, Jack. Baby Jack. Can't wait to meet Jack. Shout out to all our listeners who we love. Guys, if you're listening right now, and you're looking on your phone, the best thing you can do to help us, and we really, really need your help, is to hit five stars on that app. Do Give it. us the five-star rating, it. please. Or subscribe. Please. It helps us I'd so pee. much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll see guys, you next time. Love you guys. We'll see you next time.